Well, one of the ways that I discovered Drew Brown was um, I have, I've heard about Drew Brown over the last few years, kind of in worship circles and um, in music artist circles. During this most recent wave around some of this racial justice awareness and um, advocacy that's been happening, uh, Drew has a, a page on his website dedicated to this around anti-racism resources. And, um, and if you've been on the Elevation website, we actually have a link to Drew's um, site there. And, uh, and he's been offering a lot of really important resources and speaking into the topic. And so that was where um, I reached out to Drew a couple months ago and we started having some conversations about this topic. Um, but you've worked in a lot of church settings and, and led in, in many different church settings. Can you tell us a bit about your observations and experiences when it comes to this intersection of racial justice and faith communities or our own, even our own personal faith? Hmm. What I would like to see um, is, especially when it comes to things like racial justice, for instance, mm -hmm. um, how do we best you know, engage our, our neighbors who are not like us, who are completely different? Mm -hmm. um, how do we cross that bridge of difference? Um, even the idea of like the multicultural church, as I talked to pastors who kind of want, they, we want a multicultural church. Mm -hmm. So we, we're going to hire a person of color and then we'll be set. N no, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not how it works. We're going to play more music from the Latinx community and from the black community. That's cool. But that, that's not what it is. It's mm. way more than that. It's deeper than that. It's, it's a much wider conversation and it takes a lot more work than just having the face on stage or the music in your repertoire. Mm. And so having these conversations and getting people to sort of understand that um, the idea of racial justice, the idea of anti-racism in the church, the idea of like breaking down white supremacy within churches, um, it's way, it's a much bigger and broader topic and it takes a lot more work than just adding a few things into the mix. Mm -hmm. And so that's, those have been sort of my observations, especially in the last like 10 or 15 years, as I've become more brave to kind of speak on these things, because I haven't mm -hmm. been um, for most of my life. Um, so as I've been sort of a little bit braver to sort of say, hey, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen both people who are, you know, wow, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, let's try to change this let's study and read more let's understand better mm. but i've also seen the opposite way where they say actually we're not a racist church at all mm. we're totally fine as we are yeah <laughs> you know just the big smile <laughs> like, like it's way more complex than just saying you're racist or you're not mm -hmm. there's like a very strange i say strange because it's very different and unique a very strange spectrum between being anti-racist and being full-on like hatred of the other mm -hmm. and a lot of people sort of sit there in the middle yeah yeah and the challenge I take away from that is that what you're describing is a lot of work and it's a long it is it's a long term it's like it is not um, a one-off right this is that's right this is like a long conversation and a never-ending one that's right? right like it's it really is um it has to be just part of our language and part of the way that yeah. we're talking about curriculum, part of the way that we're talking about, um, you know, our speaking series, our worship, our actions, our, the way our That's community right. groups are formed, all of those things. 
this needs to be a part of those conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we talked about this a little bit last time we chatted, but um, there's a, a podcast, Evolving Faith podcast, and one of the episodes has um, pastor, activist, and liturgist Sandra Maria van Opstel. I hope I said that right. <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> she, uh, she speaks some words that were super challenging to me, and I'd love to get your thoughts on them as well. But she says, Western theology has been about intellect and intention, not about embodiment and action. Speaking truth to power is not an elective. It is the responsibility of my Christian faith. She also speaks That's to this idea hard. that justice must be pursued, but it must also be embodied. So what, what ways have you seen this play out? Maybe in your life or in the life of the church? Um, That's... Oh, that's so good, eh? I think um, I go to a church um, uh, based in Oakville. I remember the first time I went there, started going there, they were already ahead of the curve in terms of doing the anti-racism work. Mm -hmm. They're already talking about how to sort of decarnalize their own faith, how to sort of talk about the... Uh, and there was no... I think it was one person of color in the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're already having these conversations. And they're already like like far into these conversations um mm. this has been a part of the ethos from the beginning it seems and that really blew me away because they weren't just talking about it and they weren't just praying about it but what they were trying to do is like how can we actually put some action steps behind this talk mm -hmm. um the whole idea of um oh no uh intellect and intention mm -hmm. and embodiment and action right yeah Th those four things need to be intertwined mm -hmm. um the problem is that usually it's always one. Usually it's one, the the the, the former, right? And you know, the intellect and intention. Let's let's think. Let's pray. Let's things will work its way out if we just mm -hmm. sort of like ponder and contemplate. And and I've always been, you know, kind of like the no, we gotta do something. Let's hit the streets. Let's. Yeah. That's sort of been my my mm -hmm. angle, but it's actually all four in, in practice together is where the church kind of needs to be. That's where the power in doing justice work lies. Because um, at the heart of justice work, it's all about people. It's all about relationships. And so mm -hmm. the more we can kind of focus on that, and relationships can't just live in intellect and tension. It, it mm -hmm. needs to have embodiment in action as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I, going back to the church that I'm part of right now, um, you know, we are always finding ways to connect with our First Nation siblings, um, to talk about what, uh, reconciliation would look like and to actually learn more about their culture not in a um, not in a voyeuristic way um, but uh, but how can we actually um, let be exposed to their love of nature and of God and of the earth um, that feels like it would be something that Christ would want us to enter into I think um, sometimes we miss that part, the how do we take care of this amazing gift that God has given us. Um, and we can learn so much from these people, but also we can learn about the trials and tribulations and the hurt that we have caused them, um, you know, generation after generation. And how can we, um, not that it's really up to us to fix it, because I can't, mm. but maybe we can be an agent for change. In right. terms of the here and now, in terms of like 
how we address the government, how we address, you know, policies, how do we, you know, like, I'm sh there's ways that we can assist. Mm -hmm. But that can only happen through leadership. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, justice need, needs to be pursued. It needs to be chased after. It needs to be embodied. It needs to be something that's not just thought about, but it's acted out. Mm -hmm. um, and that is not just for big, massive things, but it's also just the way we treat other people. I mm -hmm. think the best, one of my favorite ways of doing justice on this earth is just how we just love each other, especially when we love the other. We love the the ones who are like disenfranchised from the church or disenfranchised from everything, mm -hmm. <laughs> people on the fringes, people, you know, mm -hmm. like, just in these small, simple ways in our day-to-day -day interactions with people, mm -hmm. we can have like these beautiful acts of love and justice on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So that for me, that's, probably the best way to kind of be embodied in that way. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like I love how you were describing those four things, like being connected that, you know, intention and intellect connected to our embodiment and action, that they don't mm -hmm. actually have to be separate and we That's can't right. do it with just one or the other. Like we need to have both of those. And it, it struck me as you were talking, like the examples you're giving, are that embodiment with intention, right? Like not just kind of random embodiment out there trying to do the things, <laughs> but right. like, but with intention and, um, and intellect and thought, but action too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So what ways are you seeing that play out in your own kind of neighborhood, your own life? Because of my sort of upbringing and me being like, hmm, when it comes to missions work, I've mm. always tried to sort of keep things really simple and relational. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I've started being, uh, let me preface this with, with saying this, I'm a huge introvert. So mm. for me, like staying at home and watching Netflix is the perfect night. Mm. <laughs> nice. No people, no talking, just yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, that's my zone. That's where I come alive and thrive. Mm. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. where you see the best version of me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> nice. uh, but I know that that can't be always my reality. I need sort of like, you know, like definitely get outside of myself mm. and find ways to, uh, without sounding really cheesy, but to kind of be Christ in my neighborhood. Mm. So, um, I've always been looking for ways in which I can safely, because I am an introvert, safely um, find ways to kind of like help the community build and become stronger or to be more um, strengthened or to find a sense of hope and freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being at my kid's school, well, maybe it was a year and a half ago, and I was there to pick them up. And I remember looking around and seeing like dads in the area and just looking out, you know, because like, usually typically so typically i've seen a lot of moms around there but i'm like oh there's a lot of dads here today it's really cool a lot of dads hanging out picking up their kids and you know like like most parents you can see their tired expressions on their face they just got off a massive shift maybe there's problems at home maybe there's financial things like everybody's carrying mm. their own burden their own weight and i was like wow man I, I mean i can't help them but maybe there's something we can do and and so i started talking to certain dads and saying hey i don't know you but if you like food, <laughs> I'm going to be at the pub down the street. Let's hang out. Mm. And super awkward. Like, really, really awkward. Yeah. And every single person I asked said, yes, I'm in. Mm. 
Every single one. Wow. No one said, like, uh, I don't know who you are. They're like, yes, I'm in. Where? Where? where when? Done. Yeah. And I'm like, do you want to, like, talk to your spouse or your partner first? No, no, no. I'm good. We're in. <laughs> Let's do this thing. And um, I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to the neighborhood pub down the street. And, I mean, like, you know, there's, we're talking different walks of life, like, lots of, like, brand new Canadians um, so there's language barriers, there's like religious barriers, so they're kind of like, we can't eat meat, or we can't, mm. there's booze at the table, I don't feel, and so I'm like, okay, well, let's try and find ways to work around that, and mm. um, I think the first time there was actually no beer at the table, no alcohol whatsoever, just to kind of like, you know, make sure everybody felt good, and um, mm. and we sat there, and we talked, and it was great. Yeah. And I was like, hey, let's do this again next month. Great. Okay, next month, same thing, we all came back. There was double the size of people. I think the first time there was like 30 the next time there was about like sixty-eight. Wow! And I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. This is let's start a church. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but we talked, and now people are really getting into this, their stories. Now mm. it's about, um, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my rent this month. And people were grabbing cash from the machine and saying, mm. now you had the money. Oh my gosh, I'm going through a divorce. No problem. My brother is an attorney. People are really sort of helping each other out. Yeah. The third time we did it, it it was too big um mm. there was about 90 something people there wow. we took over almost the whole entire bar and it, it, at this time conversations were like, just like all over the place because now it's like a gathering of these men who are just trying to find some hope in their lives mm. and they found it in community mm. and so uh from that night i started this thing called um groundswell movements which essentially is there are tons of things happening in our neighborhoods that no one really knows about. Tons of beautiful, beautiful things. Mm-hmm. So how can we build networks within these neighborhoods and tap into these good things and actually multiply these good things? And by multiply, I mean, like, just do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now we've, we've been doing, like, these really great block parties, which I know lots of towns have them. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see the neighbors collaborate together, some who never even talk to each other. Because, I mean, I'm that guy. Like, I know my neighbor, like, next to me here, next to me there, uh, the couple of neighbors in the, across my backyard, but I don't know too many of my neighbors. Mm-hmm. Just, just because of who I am as a as a introvert dude. But now, because of these things, I'm forced to come face-to-face with people who don't speak the same language as me, don't mm-hmm. believe in the same God as me. We have completely different political ideas mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 different experiences that you know on a different day we might actually be enemies Hmm. and now we're working together loving each other like seeing our kids Hmm. play together we're doing the work of being a good neighbor to each other if they need something i'm there if i need something they're there Mm -hmm. and my hope is that as i collect these stories is to sort of inspire the church to say hey you're planted in the neighborhood mm-hmm. as a as a as a you know a community that meets in this building. Mm-hmm. Begin to think about your own neighborhood around your building, but also when you go home, think strategically about how you can meet the needs of your neighbors. And if, I mean, mm-hmm. some people might be in a you know a well-to-do neighborhood, and that's fine. There's no needs. That's cool. But usually, there's some sort of relational needs. You know that they're lonely, they're depressed, they're sad, they're going through stuff. How mm-hmm. can we just meet the needs of our neighbors? Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been doing. Yeah. I say we because I'm not leading it. I'm just one of many who are trying to do this in our neighborhood. Which really like speaks to the need, right? That like that you just put it out there and it 
rose up, <laughs> right? So that really yeah, speaks yeah. to the fact that this was there, there was a hunger for connection. Yeah. There's a hunger for people to to know one another and to be with one another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This actually. Um, ties really well into this next quote from the same podcast. It says, um, true worship cannot exist without justice, and justice is sustained in worship. Justice mm -hmm. is the reordering of creation back to God's original intent, where we were made and created to stand together in solidarity and mutuality as one humanity. Hmm. Makes it's, sense to me. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're describing, and I love that you know, like we talk about intention and this embodiment with intention. Um, what you're describing is is actually just really simple, but but also really right. difficult. It's simple in <laughs> you know, like it's simple. Totally. Yeah, it's simple yeah. in um, in like theory, but really difficult in practice. And this is the thing, yeah. and I think, I think, uh, okay, no, I'll say it, I'll say it. We have been, and when I say we, I mean the, the North American church, we've been pretty lucky to sort of have things pretty easy. Mm. Um, you know, we do our, our bake sales, we do our, you know, like our, uh, maybe a big like Easter picnic or something. We do like these really cool kind of like things that we're hoping uh, to kind of, you know, um, we're doing the work and kind of getting the word out there. We want, we want to let people know that we love you, that Christ love you too. Like, yeah, that's great. I, I think now it's time for us to sort of step up our game mm. and time to do some hard things. I think now it's going to be not just a repetition of things we've done in the past, but to find new ways in which, in which mm. to meet people. And I, yeah, I, that quote is, is really... It's thick. That's a thick quote. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, I remember listening to that podcast and one of the hosts said something, and I wish I wrote it down. They said, how can you worship a God of justice if there's no recognition of justice in your worship? Mm -hmm. Boom, nailed it. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and, and for me, I'm like, this is the thing. Like, um, he is a God of justice. So like in our worship and how we, and not just in singing, but also mm -hmm. how we live out our lives, right? These lives of worship, if, if there's no justice at work there in terms of what we do and how, what we say and how we treat others and how we do the work in our cities and towns and neighborhoods, mm -hmm. if justice isn't present there, then what, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. I think how we do church within the lands of justice and worship Mm -hmm. that's really what we need to sort of aim for. And that's going to cause, that's going to ask of us to be, sit in those moments of tension, of mm -hmm. being unco uncomfortable more often, but also to do like the harder work because it, it ain't easy. Yeah. It ain't easy. But we need to rise to that challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in terms of, mm. sorry, now I'm going on a, on a rant. Even in terms of, uh, the songs that we choose. I, I will go into the music part because the music thing is something I I love and and hate sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, love because I, I like for me music is my thing. That's how I best express um, my love to the creator, my love um, 
to even to others, like as a, as a songwriter, I, I, that's, I love expressing through music, mm-hmm. um, whether it's instrumental or not. Um, but as a church, when I think about like how I'm leading my community or other communities, I'm always, re- I'm always trying to find ways in which not to just sing the happy songs, <laughs> the happy cool lucky moments but also realizing that some of the music that I need to present I need to sort of invite people to join in with me needs to sort of connect those moments of like man things aren't good right now mm. and so like the idea of lament and how that stirs up like hope in people is key to me mm. it's important to me because lament this is how we mourn this is how we as a community say that we're not okay mm-hmm. and we scream it out to God look Listen, bro. I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but listen, God. Like we're not okay down here. Yeah. Do something, please. Mm-hmm. Do something in us. Do something around us. Show us the way mm-hmm. to hope. Show us the way to love. Mm-hmm. We can no longer pretend to be shiny, happy people on this earth because things are. This world is not shiny and happy. Mm-hmm. And so, but we take all these things. It's not just like us shaking our fists in the air, which is totally fine, mm-hmm. and we need to do that sometimes. But it's not just that. We take all of this this stuff and we give it to Christ and we say, okay, we're going to move from protest to praise mm. because we're angry, we're frustrated, but we want to find ways to do your work, Christ, your work in this world. Mm-hmm. Show us how to love like you love. Mm-hmm. And if we truly mean that, then lament is not just us throwing a pity party for ourselves, but it's us actually beginning to move into justice because now we're talking about, hey, Christ, I'm angry. <laughs> Help me turn this anger into love. Mm-hmm. Help me move from love to justice. Mm-hmm. Help me do. It's it's part of what we need to do as a community, especially mm-hmm. if we want. Again, going back to that quote, if we want to worship the God of justice, we need to see justice in our worship. Yeah, yeah. And I love the connection there. I mean, those are good words. I'm glad we're recording this because I want to go back and listen to that again. <laughs> Um, I love that connection back to this idea of, of that justice, the action, the embodiment, then being sustained in worship too, of, mm-hmm. of, of those things being so connected, of that worship leading us to justice, and then also sus- the worship to sustaining that work in yeah. us too. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a songwriter. So what are you writing about these days? How do you feel like your your own artistry or your writing is being shaped by this season? What's coming mm. out? You know what? Um, lately, especially this year, actually starting a little bit last year, I kind of lost my words. Mm. Um, I just was, I was going through, you know, just, you know, the, the dark night of the soul. And so mm-hmm. I, I lost my words. Um, and I would write stuff, but it just wouldn't sit right. Or I, like... It didn't feel honest enough or it didn't feel real enough. I didn't feel like I just had, I didn't have the language anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I would, um, I would, I always walk my neighborhood. That's the kind of thing I just do long walks from the neighborhood. And I would bump into people, even as an introvert, I'd be like, Hey, how you doing? And you want you strike conversations with people as you, you know, as I walk. And sometimes you'd be the same person every night or every morning. And they would say, Hey, you know what? I'm going through this. I'm going through this struggle right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh man, it's too bad. Yeah. You know, I, I can't do anything about it, but I appreciate that story. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go home and I would sort of sit at my piano and my guitar and I'd be like, hmm, if I had to write a song for this person, what would it sound mm-hmm. like? 
what do I think would be healing for them? Mm. And no words came, but melodies did. And instrumental parts did. And so mm -hmm. I started writing more instrumental stuff that I would, I would hope would be healing for other people. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been writing a lot of these things and collaborating with some of my friends across the world and just creating um, these pieces of art and sometimes you know, a piece of liturgy for the church um, to kind of just, well, for me, it's, I'll say this, especially lately, I'm finding that the social justice and the anti-racism work and all that stuff can be so exhausting because mm. um, it seems like you're fighting a massive wall that is not being ripped apart yet. Mm. Yeah. I'll say this. I'm seeing lots of movement, lots of changes. Things are happening. It's, it's, we're seeing growth, for sure. I'm not trying to neglect that. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there's nothing because mm -hmm. it is such a huge hurdle to jump. And it is a lot of work. And it's a long game, right? This is not kind of mm -hmm. like you change and something new happens. It's a long process. Mm -hmm. And with every new death or every you know new headline or every new hashtag, it's just another kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. so I've been trying to write songs that people can sort of find some rest in. Um, that way they can sort of jump back into the work of justice. So mm -hmm. it's like rest and then resist. Yeah. And so I've been writing songs of peace, of hope, of love, of liturgy, uh, with liturgy, with um, poems, with um, prayers, and trying to get out to people so they can just find a sense of rest before they resist again. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Rest and resist. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So there's a song that you actually just released, I believe it was last week. Was it last yeah, week that song right. came out? Yeah. And... Yep. Um, and I've already been listening to it pretty regularly, and it is one that has held a lot of meaning for me already. So thank you for releasing this to the world. Um, and we're going to share it now in our service. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about this song? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote a really peaceful... <laughs> Um, sort of quiet um, piece and there's a friend of mine named Fran Pratt who is um, a pastor and a liturgist in the States in Texas we were talking about like how can we sort of create a sense of, of peace and of calmness for people she's like ah, <laughs> I got the perfect thing yeah so it worked out well so yeah Fran Pratt is awesome and so it's great to collaborate with her on this mm-hmm awesome well we're going to listen to that in just a moment but before we do that, I just want to say a huge thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for, this has been such a gift to us as a community to hear from you and just to get to know you a little bit better. I hope this doesn't end here. I hope we can continue these conversations and this relationship and collaboration uh, on a personal level. It's such a gift to be able to collaborate with you even in leading worship this morning for our community. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. And um, yeah, thanks so much. My pleasure, and thanks for the invitation. It's been great to just hang out with your community today. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, so here is Calm.